Welcome to Right, Just, and Inconvenient, a podcast where we talk about the Catholic faith and our walk towards holiness in today's cultural climate. We're your hosts. I'm Alex. And I'm Amanda. And we are both Catholic wives and mothers trying to raise the next generation of good and decent Catholics in today's world. And even though we don't always get it right ourselves, we invite you to walk with us on this journey to holiness. So this episode, we are going to be talking about um, this, I guess today, because today is Sunday, homily, a little bit, well, which um, involves the Beatitudes, and um, I'm not sure when this episode will actually release, so if it will be appropriate for the time uh, liturgically, but it will be appropriate because I feel like the Beatitudes are always appropriate. Um, but the idea that kind of like, Statements such as, like, blessed are the poor in spirit, like, blessed are the meek, blessed are the sorrowful, like, the idea that, like, some of these statements that are, like, like, blessed are those who are, like, suffering. Yeah. Um, like, they will have good things. And not that, like, suffering in itself is a great thing, but, like, it's, I think what we were talking about is just that, like, it's one of those things on earth that, like, you have to deal with. Like, it's just one of those things that's going yeah. to happen to you. Like, and you culturally, won't... we're, like, running from sorrow and meekness and yeah, being poor. Like, we're running from these things all the time in our culture. Yeah, and, like, that's why, like, Jesus is, like, the, like, if you have wealth now, like, you've already had your reward. If you've had, like, this now... Like, if you're chasing all of these, and not to say that, like, having money is bad inherently. It's just that, like, if you're chasing all of these worldly things, like, for happiness or for your, like, joy, then, like, then you're not really trying to get that eternal happiness and joy, you know? Like, it's not the same. And so, I think, like, like, we've said before, like, the whole feelings aren't fact thing yeah and holiness like holiness can be found in the tough parts of the human experience Um, like oftentimes those moments are invitations to grow in holiness yeah for sure and like i mean look at the saints like you don't really come across a saint story who didn't suffer for for Jesus and a lot, I mean, most of the time suffered really what? well. <laughs> like suffered, like for Jesus. Oh, for Jesus. Yeah. I just heard you like say like saint, like suffer and then Jesus and then something. And I was like, were there words? There's a baby um, sitting in my lap right now. So it's kind of hard to uh, perfectly say things. Thank you very much. Um, yeah, but like saints, whether they were like martyred or they were really sick or they were persecuted, like, Saints tend to have, like, pretty intense suffering stories. And I think um, the the difference, what makes them so holy is that they, like, use the suffering. They offer the suffering up. They embrace it. And, like, they know that, like, they can make the suffering something good. Right. Like, we don't have to hope to be suffering all the time. But it's just like, you know what? When life gives you lemons, 
like just suffer well. Live life gives you lemons, suffer well. <laughs> My new bumper sticker. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I, I was listening to Bishop Barron, um, his homily this morning, because I always try to listen to a homily before. <laughs> Like, while I'm getting ready for Mass, because otherwise, like, there is a large chance I won't get to hear my priest homily. That was actually a good idea. When you said that earlier when we were talking about this, I was like, why was she listening to a homily? Like, she was about to go hear a homily. (laughs) But that does make a lot of sense, because I rarely get to listen to uh, a homily at church. Yeah. So I listened to it, and, like, I was, like, more prepared for the homily at mass. Like, so I did get to kind of listen to that too. But if I missed some, I was like, I know what we're talking about. At least I have the context. Like I know what the gospel says, you know? So, um, like, and he was talking about that, just like how we're chasing happiness like here. And I feel like this, especially internet culture, like social media world, it's very, um, like moral relativist. Like, yeah. like everything is like, you know, if you want to do it, that's okay. Like if, like you do you and it's okay. Totally. Like, whatever makes you happy. Like parents are like, I just want my kids to be happy. And like, there's nothing wrong with being happy. Happy is good. Yeah. I want my kids to be happy. Of course. Me too. I also want my kids to be holy. I more so want my kids to be holy. Like, I hope that they, you know, I hope that they can be both. Yeah. In a perfect world, they would be able to be both. And you know what? If you, like, have the eternal perspective, I think you can be both. But I kind of think that's the only way. I think that, like, people who are constantly chasing happiness without the eternal perspective, without, like, chasing the Lord with it, are never actually happy. They never feel whole because the only thing that makes you feel whole is, is God. Yeah. And so, like, you can use you can, sex like, fill or drugs with these temporary or social solutions. media or attention or whatever it is that you think is going to make you happy, but, like, you're always going to want something more. You're always going to want to be, like, higher or have more pleasure or, like, there's always something that, like, won't be good enough. Whereas with the Lord, like, it's just not like that. Because I think that those things, like, definitely creep into life, even, like, I mean, even for Christians and people who are, like, chasing salvation like you know like not every minute of every day like do we always have that perspective like we're we know it and it lives in our brains but like (laughs) we don't always apply it I feel like when it could be really helpful yeah Um, and I think it's hard to even recognize sometimes like until you're like examining your conscience and you're just like I definitely cared more about this than I did the Lord this week and usually I find that, like, inherently it, it leads me to less happiness than than the times where I can, like, look back on my choices and go, no, like, I did approach this with an eternal perspective, and I did approach this, like, by not just seeking out my own gain. Yeah, I think sometimes, like, like, for me, I tend to get really obsessive about, like, stupid stuff. Like, being nervous about a job or, like, like when I used to work, like, I would get so nervous about, like, getting called into my boss's office or something. Like, I would obsess over it. And, like, if I had eternal perspective, I would know that that's not super important. Or, like, college. Like, I would get nervous about, like, going to choir sometimes. 
I remember that. Like, if I didn't have my binder, like, our choir director was, like, super intense about it. Like, I would be, like, so nervous, like, shaking in my boots. But I do have to say that being a stay-at-home mom has really helped me with that. Like, being a mom in general, maybe I've only ever been a stay-at-home mom as a mom. So, but, like, being a mom in general has kind of made, like, my stupid, like, worries a little bit uh, less intense. I get that. You know? But, um... I feel that way about being late. Like, if I'm going to be late to something, like, there's a very, like, I feel very inspired just not to attend that thing at all. I'm like, I better just not go than be late. Like, church. Like, there was a time where I was like, well, I mean, we're going to be late, so we shouldn't go. Yeah, now I feel like almost every Sunday, I'm like, well, we're probably going to be late. Oh, no. Like, (laughs) this morning, actually, uh, since we're talking about being late, um, we were late, but, like, maybe a minute late. Maybe not even. Like, we pulled in right on time. And, um, but Julia had to go to the bathroom and my mom was with us, thankfully. And she offered to take Julia to the bathroom because she had to go too. So I was like, great. So I grabbed my middle child who just wanted to be with my mom. And so she just like melted down, started screaming. So like, even though we were like only a minute or two late, we were like 10 minutes late getting into the time actually into the actual like sanctuary sanctuary. Like we were in the, um, what is it called? The vestibule. Sure. Um, Some people call it something different. I can't remember the name for it. Narthex? Yeah. Yeah, I think it's a vestibule here. I don't know. What's the difference? I don't know. Okay. Tell us, people. Um, <laughs> but we were in there forever. I was just like, we now we have to wait for them to go potty. Like, I should have just taken Julia myself. But I didn't. And Andrew didn't even know that we weren't fully behind him. Like, he had the baby. And he, <laughs> he had just turned it, like, around. fully in there. <laughs> Where's was, my family? Yeah, he was just like, I guess it's just me. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, like, I just, I, I think um, the Beatitudes are a good place to, like, sit there and just listen to, like, what he's saying. Like, blessed are all these people who are, like, struggling for the sake of me, for him. Like, and think about, like, where you're chasing things that, aren't for the Lord. And also maybe like for me, like I'm, I am scared of suffering sometimes. And like, I feel like we all try to avoid it. I mean, that's just natural. Yeah. But like, maybe not, maybe we shouldn't, maybe we should just know that suffering is a part of life and like not hope for it, but like be prepared for it rather. I think that that's a good way to look at it. Yeah. Like instead of just like constantly avoiding it and like, chasing things that like will make us feel like we're not suffering even if we are like just like knowing that suffering is inevitable but like preparing yourself to be able to like suffer as well as you can like likes using scripture like having that in your back pocket like knowing scripture verses that can make you like feel better or that you can like recite or look up and be like, okay, this is what God is, is doing for me right now. Like, I'm suffering, but he is here. I'm suffering, and I'm allowed to be sad, and I'm allowed to talk to him and tell him that I'm upset. Because there are parts in the Bible where it's just lament. Yeah. And, like, there are parts that, like... We're looking at you, Job. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Like, there are parts where, like, in Psalms, where people, like, it's just like a cry of, like, I know you're with me, and I'm still really, like, upset. Yep. And, like, having that kind of stuff in your back pocket, like, having prayers that you can go to, like, being prepared in the times where you're not suffering for the times that you will suffer, I think will really help. I think that those things, like, all those things that you listed help to, like, nourish hope 
And I think that hope, like, is hard to see sometimes when you're in, like, the valleys of your suffering. And if you can manage to, like, keep enough kindling under that hope to keep it alive to know that, like, there's another hilltop, whether it be an earthly hilltop or one that, like, you find in the afterlife, like, an eternal hilltop, there is one eventually. Yeah. Um, so just, like, the ability to keep the hope alive and be I think, enough to propel you forward. I think it's, like, and I compare everything to toddlers because that is my life. Um, but like they say, not to, um, not to teach kids like coping habits during a tantrum. Like I watched to... a video on that this morning. Really? Yeah. It just came up on my, so it's just funny that you mentioned it. Cause I remember like looking like they can't hear you. Yeah. They can't hear you. They can't process it. I mean, we really can't either. Like when you're super escalated, like it's hard for you to do anything rational. So like, I think it's a good metaphor for like preparing in the calm moments. Like, so when you're not in those valleys. Like, when things are going pretty well or just okay even, like, I think that is the time to, like, really prepare for the suffering that is inevitable so that you really can be, like, those things that God is calling you to be. Absolutely. I feel like that's a good place to end it. Um, unless you have anything else to say. No. I think, I think, you know, we've said what needs to be said. Yeah. Okay, well. So is Amelia. <laughs> Well, um, we will be talking to you this week on social media, and um, please interact with us. Let us know what you need. Let us know if you have any prayer requests. Um, we'll be praying for you. Yeah. Keep seeking truth. <laughs> <laughs>